Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. us. Good morning and welcome everyone for joining us this morning. I'm Jada Williams, your NABWIC Blog Talk Chair and host for today. Um, I ask you to please, 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 our NABWIC newsletter came out last night, um, yesterday. So if you haven't had a chance to check your emails or, or go over to the website to look at the newsletter or check out our website, please do so. Also, like, follow, and share on um, Facebook and Instagram and your social media that you are hanging out with NABWIC, this NABWIC Talk Wednesday. So thank you again. Today's show it's going to be a little different because last weekend, NAPWIC, um, as a national organization, had our strategic planning for 2020. And we had the opportunity to have an amazing presenter, Ms. Priscilla Sweeney, who is the District Chief of Contracting for the Memphis District. And this, her presentation was so amazing and awesome that we really want to share with our NABWIC family, friends, and community this morning. So let's get into what Ms. Priscilla Sweeney is all about. Ms. Priscilla Sweeney, again, she became the District Chief of Contracting for the Memphis District in November 2011. Prior to becoming the DCC for the Memphis District, Priscilla was the Chief of AE Construction Branch, where she was responsible for over $200 million construction program. Priscilla started her contracting career in 1987 when she enlisted into the Air Force as a contracting specialist. In 1992, she enlisted in the 164th Airlift Wing, servicing as the base contracting officer until August 2004. In August 2004, Priscilla accepted a job with the USACE Memphis District as a contracting specialist, working her way up as the district chief of contracting. 
She continued her military career and retired in January 2015 at the rank of Senior Master Sergeant. She has a Defense Acquisition Workforce Improvement Act, DAWIA Level 3, and is Skill Level 9 qualified as Base Contracting Officer by the Air Force. Her awards include the Superior Civilian Service Award, the Army Commander's Award for Civilian Services, and both the Army and Air Force Achievement Medals. So let's get into it this morning and listen to Ms. Priscilla Sweeney. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Thank you all for asking me to join you all this morning. Just wanted to give you all a little heads up. I am the Chief of Contracting for the Memphis District Corps of Engineers. Our mission, we have about seven or eight missions. Anything that has to do with the Mississippi River from St. Paul, Minnesota, all the way down to New Orleans is our responsibility. Um, Memphis, the Memphis District sits in a region which we call MBD, the Mississippi uh, region, um, Mississippi Valley Division. And then in the Mississippi Valley Division, we have six, five other districts. We have the St. Paul District, we have the St. Louis District, we have the Memphis District, we have the Vicksburg District, and then we have the New Orleans District. And our main responsibility is to protect the Mississippi River. With that being said, in the Memphis District area of responsibility, we handle anything from um, Cairo, Illinois, all the way down to um, Greenwood, and that encompasses almost 25,000 square miles. We have, I'm in charge of 12 senators, 10 congressmen, 38 levy districts, 10 harbors, 400 dikes, three major pumping stations, uh, the St. Francis Channel System, 600 miles of navigation uh, channel, 1,000 miles of federal levees, and and like I said before, over 25,000 square feet. Our types of acquisitions that we do, we are mainly construction, and in the construction we have, um, you hear me say a lot about river construction. And so in the river construction and what we do, we do dredging, we do stone dike repairs, we construct bridges, uh, levee resurfacing, channel enlargements, channel cleanouts, relief wells, pump stations, hospitals, and revetments, uh, revetments and dike repairs. We also do engineering services, survey and mapping. Um, construction inspections, engineering studies, design uh, services, and engineering designs. On the supplies and services side, we purchase anything from toilet paper to motor vessels to ships uh, in, in our supply and services. So we have three branches of, of construction that we look at, and we also do minor construction. Sometimes we do military constructions also. In river construction, we are talking about anything that has to do with the river or what we call horizontal, horizontal construction. We very seldom deal with vertical constructions. That means the building of a building. 
Now, one of the projects that we are really, really excited about was that Memphis was tasked to build a ACF hospital here. Um, and the ACF was in support of the COVID virus. We had 28 days to build a $51 million project. We got that done in 27 days. Wow. And we have a major a hospital sitting right here in Memphis, Tennessee, that we took an old uh, commercial, uh, the commercial pier building was a newspaper company at one time. And we took that building and converted it to a ACF, a, a uh, hospital for the, um, in, in support of COVID. I'm here to tell you this. The government says, the law says that we are mandated to support small businesses. It's not something that we think about, not something that we say, I might. It is something that the law says we will do. The law goes on a little bit farther and says that we will not only support small businesses, but we are going to support every category in a small business within that small business frame. So we set aside AA contracts. Those are contracts that through, um, through SBA uh, that they are that they approve for us to go out to certain vendors, and in the in that setting, it basically says that you uh, anything under four million dollars for S uh, for eight A contractor, we have to set it aside. If it's under four million dollars, if it's under, um, and the company is capable of doing the work. We also set aside not only 8A, we set aside woman-owned. And over the years, we that's one of the things that I have been trying to feel a, a, um, a number of um, people for women-owned uh, businesses. Because what we run into as far as women-owned businesses, we don't, we don't see a whole lot of them in construction, especially in horizontal construction. And I'm here today to say, to tell you that this region will award over $2 billion in contracts, okay, among the six districts. We will award over 20, we will award over $2 billion worth of contracts. The only reason Army meets their uh, required small business goals is because of the core of engineers. We are driven by small businesses. We are... Even some of the projects that we look at and we and everybody wants it to go large, we make it a habit of, of making sure that we look at small businesses first. And one of the ways that we do that, you all, we do what we call sources stops. And our sources side is nothing but you all probably say RFIs. All it is is a way for us to see, is a way for the government to see what's out there. Is there a small business out there that can do this work? And we do that through FBO, the Federal Opportunity System, Business System. And so with anything that we post, anything that we want to do, we go out there to FBO. Now, with FBO, you are not only opened up to the Memphis District or the Corps of Engineers. It opens you up worldwide. Okay? Please take advantage of that. In Memphis, um, I told the young lady uh, that bought me on that, hey, can we 
uh, I've been working with her for a while, and one of the biggest things in Memphis, Tennessee, is that I tell people all the time is that um, we, um, sitting up in the Memphis district, I'm sitting up there as the chief of contracting, and you tell me, and I'm going to ask you all why I can't, why I can't get somebody to bid on my projects in Memphis, Tennessee. Can't do it. I'm going to tell you right now, every construction project that I have awarded, this FY, has went to a business outside of Memphis. And I have been wanting to talk to people in the Memphis, in the Memphis area because, don't get me wrong here, you all. Uh, if you want to cook, cooking is fine. If you want to open up a restaurant, that's fine, okay? I ain't got a problem with it. Want to open up a hair salon? That's fine, okay? But would you much rather sign a contract for $9 million in one swipe and be done with it instead of having to work all your life at those? Not, please do not get me wrong. We need those people, okay? But I'm speaking to you from a person that I need more construction contractors. That's what I need. I need more women uh, to come into the construction field for the Memphis District. I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm not talking about any other federal entity. I'm talking about the Memphis District and what I want, what I see. We're setting aside, we just set aside $30 million in women-owned projects. Okay? So I'm telling you, I'm showing you how I am about moving women to the forefront of construction. Men have done it long enough. Okay? I am very interested. Uh, LaShawn has all of my information. If you all need to talk to me offline about projects that we got coming up, please do. But I am telling you right now, we need women construction. Matter of fact, I got a young lady right now. <laughs> Put everything out there on FBO. So when we make, uh, I would tell you to set up your FBO accounts to where when certain projects hit FBO for advertisement, you automatically trigger an email. Okay? I would also tell you all, go back where you are. Go back to where you are and find your small business uh, representative there where you are. You have one in your state. You just got to search them out. They are a wealth of knowledge, especially if you're trying to get in some of these small businesses um, that are size, like one, women-owned, um, 8A, Service Disabled Veterans, Hub Zone. We even do historical uh, black uh, – we even have a historical – Black set aside that we do, okay, for historical owned colleges. So I'm telling you to go out there, take a look. There's work out there, you all. There's work out there. When when I when construction contractors tell me, well, it ain't no work out there, it is. But for those of you who have never did with deal with the, with the federal government, please understand. If you make that that you want to deal with the federal government. 
you need, you need to understand that the federal government can make you or they can break you. It doesn't make a difference. And the reason I say that is this. Yeah, we award you a contract, but we expect for you to do the work. And if you don't do the work and we terminate your contract for default, we have just broke you. That means that you won't get another government contract, uh, a federal government contract. And so I'm telling you it's a decision to be made to work in construction for the federal government. I'm also going to tell you this. I expect more from you because we have had to work harder. So just because I'm sitting up here as a chief, I do expect a lot from my African-American contractors. I have to. I have to because those are the people that really are, those are the people that really need to work, but they don't know how to go back to do the work. So I would ask you to go and talk to your small business representative that's in your state, find them, and have a conversation with them. Your business is already established. You are ready to take the next level. And if your next level for you is dealing with the federal government, I would, it behooves you to go and talk to the small business specialists in your state. If you all have any questions for me, please let me know. Well, you did Over. an amazing job. Thank you very much. It was very informative, very informative. Um, and we definitely thank you for taking time this Saturday morning and not just being asleep, but wait, joining us. There was a question in the chat, but I believe you did answer it. There was a question as far as um, anything set aside for hub zones. That was the only area that you didn't mention. Uh, we saw the 8A, but they were asked if there was anything set aside for hub zone. Um, also, in addition to like women-owned and 8A businesses? Yes, ma'am. We do have hub zone set-asides. And please, uh, we're going to have some hub zone set-asides that we're putting out this year uh, just for the Memphis district. Please understand, if you all if you are a hub zone and you all see a requirement out there that is unrestricted and you want to do that work, Put your proposal, put your bid in. Because, and the reason I say that is that when you do that, you automatically get a hub zone preference. So just because you submitted your bid and you're submitting your bids with all of these large businesses, that does not mean they're going to necessarily get it if you are already, if you already deemed as a hub zone contractor. Okay, we have to put hub zone preference in there. What that hub zone preference allows us to do, large business, bid it $5. Small business, you as a hub zone contractor, you bid it $10. Okay? I have to add 10% to the large business price, the hub zone preference. And if the large business is still the low, they get the contract. But if the small business with the hub zone preference, after I put 10% on to that large business, is now the small is now the apparent low, then I award to the small business. That's how that hub zone preference um, works. So if you if your hub zone 
please do not be intimidated by putting stuff out there, uh, by bidding on uh, requirements that are large business, because you know you have in your back pocket a hub zone preference. Okay? Over. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Any other questions? Yeah, I have one, Kimberly, if I may. Please. Yes. Miss Priscilla, I want to tell you that um, I have um, worked with um, two contracting officers out of uh, one out of Mobile, Alabama, and one here in Florida. I'm in Jacksonville. Well, I'm in Virginia right now, in Jacksonville, Florida. Yes, ma'am. And um, they are very engaging. But you have been the most engaging that I have um, have encountered. But would like to say to you, number one, how can NABWIC help pool the women? Because on these large projects, you're uh, right. I'm an 8A contractor, and a lot of them are just so large and so technical that it's very difficult for a small business, even after they get the 8A certification, to really get in the game. What, what would you say to NABWIC about how we around the country can, can pool our resources to answer a requirement? Okay, good question. What I tell my 8A contractors, because before I award a contract to an 8A, they mm -hmm. got to come in and have a conversation with me. Okay. They got to talk to me. I, I want to see them eye to eye, okay? Uh, and that's just me. But what I would tell you to do, and one of the things that I have done, is that I have had 8As to call me and say, hey, I would really, really love to bid on mm -hmm. that project, but I don't have the resources. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, I can I can direct them to um, large businesses or either small businesses that would love to partner with you all. Mm -hmm. I would tell you to go back to SBA, and that's the reason it's so important to go to SBA. Mm -hmm. SBA has a program where it's called Joint Venture where you can join with another company to bid on some of these projects, okay? And SBA will walk you down um, that, will walk you in that direction. You find the 8A or the small business, and a lot of my 8A contractors, they are teaming with small businesses, okay? They're not going with, with um, large businesses as their um, um at that sub, mm -hmm. the regulation says, and I'm regulation driven, the regulation specifically says that if you are a subcontract, if you are a prime contractor and you subcontract, you can only subcontract out 85% of the work. Mm -hmm. You have to do 15% of the work, okay? Mm -hmm. You have to do that. I would tell you to go to SBA and say, hey, I want a joint venture. Find your good contractor to joint venture with. You put that in writing. So when it is time for you to bid on a project, you already have your joint ventures mm -hmm. in place. Okay? And with those joint ventures, uh, even when we do source selection requirements, we, we have to take your joint venture. Now there's a push for us to get there. If a contractor is a small business, there's a push for us now to recognize that small business as far as your CPARS report, but to recognize that subcontractor and give him a performance report also. Thank you. So there is a push. There is a push 
to recognize subcontractors. But it will start with you going in and talking with your SBA. Over. Thank you, because most of my um, attempts have been after the fact. Once we identify the project and then, you know, the, clicks, the clock starts ticking, and by the time you get approved for the joint venture, uh, the clock is gone. <laughs> no, ma'am, you can go to SBA. You can go to SBA. You don't have to do a joint venture per uh, project. You can just do one big joint venture for everything that you think you, want, you may want to do. Okay. And give that to SBA and SBA because you are an 8A uh, concern. They will take that, uh, process it, and for anything that falls up under your next code, okay, mm-hmm. that falls up under your next code, that is the code that how we identify work. And you right. apply for it, then you can automatically use your joint venture. Thank, Thank you. you. Any other questions? How important is membership in SAME and NCMA to a small business relationship to winning work? Do you you want me to answer that truthfully? Or do you just want me to give you the political? <laughs> no, no this, is a, this is strategic. You give us, give us the nitty-gritty. Please. <laughs> okay, nitty-gritty. I don't care if you are a member of SAMS, WAMS, I am. It doesn't make me one bit of difference. That will not play in my decision on who I award contracts to. Never have. Now, am I there? Today's show is brought to you in part by Ann McNeil, the master builder, helping to build stronger and better lives and businesses. And by PepsiCo Frito-Lay Companies, one of the largest food and beverage companies in the world, and by J. Perry & Associates, giving you the building blocks to grow your business. To learn more about our advertising rates and packages, contact Jada Williams at area code 786-702-1005 or email blogtalk at navwick.org. And don't forget to follow us on Blog Talk Radio by visiting blogtalkradio.com backslash N-A-B-W-I-C. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.